0: Beethoven didn't even wait thirty seconds to start speaking Spanish on stage.
1: Did you actually watch the debate?
0: I did. I was at work, so I still it was just in the uh, because Chrome supports picture-in-picture now, which is kind of nice. So no, it was just in the uh, bottom right corner of my laptop screen. But yeah, I watched it, and uh, there's like there's an hour chunk in the middle that I didn't watch. So I might if I might do that tomorrow if I'm bored. But um, yeah, I feel bad for. Elizabeth Warren she kind of got got stuck with with the with
1: the uh D League <laughs> candidates to to bring it back to basketball the uh the JV debate if you want to be all 538 about it
0: yeah although the problem with that is i didn't actually didn't look at the the rundown i i i know he's not polling very well but i would have thought that Cory Booker and um Beto O'Rourke like i i don't particularly uh think either should be the nominee but i don't think they're they're, they're no um who who was the other guy? Uh, Julian Castro or or like the super like fourth tier candidates?
1: I don't think there was any kind of arrangement with what? Are, what are there twenty three candidates across the two nights?
0: They ended up capping it at the top twenty that met a certain criteria. Oh, of, that's that's
1: right. Like I certain
0: think... certain amount of polling above a thing, and um. I think it was like donor count or something five thirty eight people should listen to that instead of this,
1: yeah it's it was like you had to be averaging more than one percent in an average of polls that the d n c defined, and that or and or you had to have a certain number of donors,
0: yeah, lofty targets, I know
1: yeah
0: um yeah i'm I'm nervous uh about all of this, I think it's. I don't know. I, I, I'm coming around to Elizabeth Warren. I don't know. Like, I, I, I enjoy... She, this, she
1: she seems like your type of candidate. You're a little more policy-oriented.
0: I am, and not like the dumb Andrew Yang. Like, I just have policy positions for 300 things because I'm, like, the Internet's candidate. But, like, I, I, I have a lot of fundamental things that I don't necessarily agree with her, and, and she's fairly... She's a bit too far left for my taste, but I... I we will have sixteen months to talk about this. So
1: you you respect her style, I do, and you, uh, you you appreciate the substance.
0: I do, even if her campaign got off to literally the worst start you could possibly have, and and, and it's and it's really difficult for me to shake that.
1: You know, a lesson from twenty sixteen though is that I mean that that already seems like a million years ago, and a year from now when things. Well, I guess actually closer than that, 10 months from now, when things are like really in high gear in the primary, nobody's going to remember that. Maybe. So putting you on the record,
0: who is your, as of what's today, June 26th, 2019 in the year of our Lord, who is, who's your top candidate? You don't have to be super committed to it, but it's like of the 23 people or 24, if you include Donald Trump, who knows? um who, who's <laughs> <laughs> anything can happen uh maybe you like us around policy uh who, who's your who's your who's your pick
1: so um this is a, a call back to today's episode of the daily which have you listened to that yet i think as of this afternoon you had not
0: i did and we will circle back to that okay
1: so i'm going to frame the answer to your question kind of in the context of that episode so, I think I fall into the category of believing that Trump is the problem, and so mm. i'm I'm a little more focused on candidates who I think have a more likely chance at defeating him in, in the general election and right now i I think the person who's most likely to be able to do that is Biden-hmm. So that's 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 where I'm at right now. But I, you know, don't don't hold me to that strictly. Okay. Um I just think there's I think I think a lot of the democratic field is is too far left on too many things. And I think that's going to become a problem in the general election. Yeah. And that's I think that's a that's probably the number one consequence of having such a large field. Like I, I don't have any 538-ish data on this, but it feels like the bigger the primary, the further to the left or the right the primary is going to become. And so having 20-plus candidates just feels like the conversation is going to get skewed really far left, and that's just a message I don't think that that works well in the general
0: so there's a lot to talk about with that, and we'll 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 table it for another episode. But I think you're right. Where in, in the in the early stages in the primary period, um, there's a lot of people who like it, it's just it's just one upping each other on how progressive you can possibly be because you want the news cycle to kind of revolve around you. And when you have um, a, a candidate like Bernie Sanders who has oddly like a, a still a really strong coalition behind him, even if it's um, very much uh, a very particular type of person. Um, That kind of forces the conversation to be, if you're not somebody with just such insanely wide recognition who was vice president for a very popular president for eight years, like, you don't get to coast on being a centrist candidate, you kind of have to lean towards more towards the extremes. And then as the general comes up, people will walk back most of what they said, probably.
1: And we'll have plenty of time to get more into this as we go along. But you combine the fact that there are so many candidates with the new nomination rules this cycle, where there are going to be no winner take all primaries in states. There are going to be far fewer superdelegates. It's all a recipe for a long, messy process, which I don't think ends up being a good thing when you're trying to defeat a sitting president
0: well luckily we have a recession to look forward to which may may skew things (sighs) okay so with that uh no follow-up no no nonsense because this this is an important this important day
1: number 200 carlos episode number 200
0: they said we'd never make it past
1: episode Mm -hmm. one they said that the haters and the losers (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh merry christmas or happy easter
0: i think it was honestly i think he was talking about (laughs) 9-11 i shit you not
1: no i think i actually think you're right yeah and i think
0: he literally said happy september 11th god damn it okay so that um so it's it's been a bit of a slow news week and we're as you always say uh ain't nobody got time for old news or whatever you always put in the outline yeah Um, Mm
1: -hmm. i'm not very creative i do kind of always say the same thing (laughs) uh so yeah so um that's why you do the uh, show descriptions and the show titles now.
0: I do all the all, I do all the hard stuff. The, the you all you just slap two audio files together and no 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 work whatsoever.
1: I just I do it all on my iPad. God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um, no, and and I have I have I should pay you a compliment. I have profound respect for you being able to edit the show reliably. Um, for wh- I forgot what I was doing um, a couple of months ago. I I opened up Logic for a minute. Um, and then did not understand how to make it not a music (laughs) app like everything is like there's a metronome there's so much stuff that's so music oriented that I just um, because I have Adobe CC I just went back to audition and it was much more homey but logic makes no sense
1: the key with logic is you know there's the idea of templates so I have a you know a podcast template that basically de-musics logic and just you know brings forward all the the podcast stuff
0: Mm, pulls forward hmm mm-hmm. okay so yeah so yeah slow slow news week um and it's it's kind of a special occasion sort of so with uh episode 200 i'm going to propose an idea that uh we kind of talk about uh the most consistent themes of our show just kind of evergreen stuff that um we can probably bang uh, an hour and 15 minutes out of so really phoning it
1: u- u- uber scooters sparkling water what am i missing
0: uh, so we'll we'll get to that. Actually, sparkling water wasn't on here because I think that that could probably be an episode in and of itself.
1: Um, <laughs> that, that'll be episode three hundred.
0: No, I think it will be just episodes two hundred one through forever.
1: <laughs> That's oh, um, you mean you mean when we renamed the show still or sparkling? Is this is this the last episode as technically correct? I
0: if it wasn't going to be such a pain in the ass for you to deal with for fireside, I would probably do that. <laughs> it's still it's still on the fence, uh and then real time follow up. Uh, I think my wewoof um dream is dead. The person, oh, no. re- it, the the domain got renewed. and I can't be wewoof.org because we're not we're not we're not a nonprofit. Um, and I, I can't be wewoof.co dot because that's just that's not how that's not how I roll.
1: Could you maybe be wewoof.fm dot fm and like pivot it into a podcast?
0: That is the other part of renaming the show or something, which would be we get away from a .TV domain name. Because people, like, podcasts were super into that for a while, even though .FM existed for a really long time. Uh, but they were all .TV. And then I think it was, like, around 2015, everybody's like, oh, yeah, let's get on the .FM bandwagon. And now it just seems like it's too much, too much effort to change.
1: Yeah, but you know how, like, things, like, style things you know things are in style they go out of style but then mm-hmm. they, they come back around again so maybe dot tv will be like that and then when that happens we'll be ready
0: got it still are sparkling dot pandora <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah so i l- l- i guess the first part of this i have this kind of divided up into two sections when i was um drawing stuff up in uh omni outliner so i have a couple of uh i, w- I want to know kind of a five-year five-year plan I don't know where you think we're going to be in five years. So after after the end of uh, Donald Trump's second term, I want to know where we're going to be at with a lot of the things we talk a lot about.
1: Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, do I go first? Do you go first?
0: Oh no! Before? Like this is mostly an interrogation. I'm like okay. uh, you are going to because um, I think you get to play it safe uh, most of the time. You get to, you get to be a good cop on the <laughs> show. So I want to I want to I wanna put you on the record with a few things. So. Okay. So first off, where is Tesla in 5 years and what does the EV market look like?
1: I I think Tesla's going to get bought out by somebody would be my guess.
0: Under good terms or bad? Like is the is, does the company take a dive, like does it just become too costly for them to make an inexpensive car,
1: is it mismanaged, like what what are the circumstances? I don't think the circumstances are super positive i don't think it's like they're going to go bankrupt the next day if someone doesn't bail them out but i think they're just going to end up in a situation where you know there are only so many capital raises they can do one of which they just completed and they don't really have any path towards profitability and i think a lot of their technology even in a five-year horizon, is just not, just not going to be there. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I have this. I just have this feeling, not based on anything, but it just it feels like that's the best kind. That that could be, that could be like Apple. Like, it really does.
0: Well, so that that's the, my follow-up question: Is it a? Are they bought out most likely by an incumbent automaker? Or are they bought out by a technology company?
1: I think they're bought out by a technology company. I really think there's been a recognition by both sides, by tech companies and by car companies, that kind of the future of transportation is so based in technology. And it's, you know, obviously the self driving thing is kind of like number one on that list, but there's just, even just like the current driving experience has become so much more technology focused than it used to be. If this like things like CarPlay, I think are a really good example of that. Like when CarPlay was first announced, I totally thought it was going to be one of those Apple initiatives that got announced was available in like five or six cars and then kind of just like faded away. But it's like, it's become like legitimately like a thing. Like on this, this last trip I was on a couple weeks ago, the just like, bottom of the barrel you know cheap rental car that we had t- had car plane and renato built right in so um i think I, I i do think it makes a lot of sense for a technology company that obviously doesn't have the background in actually building cars to come along and, and scoop up tesla okay and then what do you think the ev market looks like do you think it's
0: still probably because I think right now it's three to four percent of cars in the U.S. are electric vehicles, um, and as we've discussed on the show, most other like everybody who's not <clears throat> who's not Tesla has the issue of like Tesla has the supercharger network, which has its issues, but um, is kind of miles ahead, uh, especially for rapid charging compared to most other companies. So. Like, what, what do you think it looks like for everybody else? And do you think it ends up being, does Tesla not, because market share is, is weird when it's it's such a small part of the overall broader market. But do you think Tesla, like like, do you think Audi and everybody else catches up where it's much more competitive?
1: No, I don't think so. So a couple of things here. I mean, I guess I should caveat this by saying that I feel like I've been consistently wrong about EVs. Um, I've, I've always been really skeptical that EVs were actually going to be the next thing kind of post gas vehicle. I just, the idea of basically strapping a bunch of laptop like batteries on the bottom of a car never really seemed like the right solution and in a lot of ways still doesn't feel like the right solution, but there just isn't another logical alternative out there. so. I guess with that caveat in mind, and how I don't, I don't really have a very good sense of of how EVs are going to do. I mean, I I've said this before on the show. I I think the idea that Audi, BMW, whoever, Volvo can just like snap their fingers and catch up to Tesla is nonsense. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think anybody who gets on the stage at some car show or something and says like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. We're like, we're totally going to be like all in on EV in like five years. Like, you know, less talk and more action, please. And I just, I haven't seen anything. Like, isn't Audi still having trouble shipping their one EV? Isn't it like, one or two years behind schedule and still only shipping in like really low volume.
0: Uh, kind of not really.
1: I mean, they've had, they've had the a three e-tron, which is a full electric car for a very long,
0: like it's been out for two or three years, but, um, yeah, the, I forget what Yeah, I think like just like the actual like Audi e-tron proper, like that's all it is. Um, I think they tried pulling Tesla's like doing a similar thing to Tesla's reservation system. And, yeah, they're still having some trouble fulfilling orders, but Tesla got a free pass on that for, like, four years, so... Yeah.
1: I mean, you know what this about me, Carlos. I'm all about execution, and... Um, <laughs> as
0: opposed to what?
1: As opposed to, like, whiteboarding.
0: <laughs> is is that is that one of your, like... Like, if you had, a, like, a Twitter bio that says, like, father, uh, husband, and then not whiteboarder? Like, what... <laughs> I mean,
1: like white, like whiteboarding and showing off PowerPoint presentations, like all that stuff is cheap, but actually (laughs) then going out and executing on those ideas, that's the hard part. And I think, I mean, you know, I feel like I've been plenty critical of Tesla and I actually feel like owning a Tesla gives me like even better insight to be critical of, of some of the things that they need to work on. For example, putting video games in their cars. Don't get me started on that. But I do think they deserve a lot of credit for executing the way that they have. I, I, I do think the Model 3 has been a success. The supercharger network, like you said, has its faults, but it is so far above and beyond any other type of charging network here in the U.S. And they, I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. If it was easy these other car manufacturers would have already done it. And not only have they not done it, but I, I can't look at any of the manufacturers here in the U.S. And, and see that any of them are anywhere even close. Like, I guess, like, GM, maybe, with, like, the Bolt? It would be, like, maybe the next closest thing to Tesla, but... Well, so
0: this is a prediction show, so let's... I mean, like, so let's, I'll, I'll go on the record as well. Like, I, I think you're mostly wrong. Like, or, like, hmm. I do think tesla will not be a viable going concern in like three years i think they will have to either merge or get acquired by somebody just because like they just can't get it together either from mismanagement from the top and just like pr scandals um kind of like similar to an uber style thing or yeah they just they just need to merge with somebody else because like there are like i I, there's like there seems like there's an easy out for them to merge with like a volvo or or somebody who um or be acquired by like depends on how you want to frame it where they can leverage their ability and scale to produce vehicles or maybe say somebody bigger than them um be yeah, i i don't think tesla survives on their own just cuz it's it's just it's too cost intensive for what they need to do and you see, already see that manifesting itself in them taking um gigantic reservation down payments on a car that's not good, like the is it the model Y what's the one where it's a model 3 but like 20% bigger
1: yeah, the why.
0: Um, like, does that where they're taking big reservations just to fund their uh, current operations? Like, that's just not great. And, like, and just the company feels like it's a mature company. Like, it's been a, like, Tesla's been around for like nine years, right?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Like, but it still has weird shit where, like, the, the, where uh, Elon Musk will just um, say they're closing all their stores and then be like, LOLJK and just, like, just try to, like, walk. Like, they're just such serious swings in their product lineup and business model that's just so strange where i just think long term that that doesn't um doesn't pan out i don't think it's a technology company because i still think that apple and we'll we'll get to where they
1: are um i i just well they'll, they'll be they'll be too busy making tv shows
0: well that's what I'm saying like at least like <laughs> as much as I hate the services narrative and I think the um, Apple TV Plus thing is is a distraction and a waste of their time because it doesn't speak to their, to their core competencies. I um I just don't see where like Apple car is just so dumb. Is in this like we we talked about it to death when people were acting like that was going to be a thing for all the reasons that it doesn't make sense for Apple to do it. Like Apple can't be a company that and i guess we did change topics they can't be a company that wants to be your bank that wants to make your tv and make your phone and host everything and just like it, it that's just a, a bridge too far
1: so i think i but i do think so i think we're in agreement and i we've talked about it before god which was like probably a few years ago at this point like when these rumors first started like the, the point that everybody made including us was I mean, what are they going to do? Just like park an Apple car in the middle of Apple stores and then have you go like pick it up somewhere else and then take it in for service somewhere else. Like there was a, there's a whole infrastructure that you need to sell and service cars. So I, but I do think that, and this is, I mean, I'm not saying that I really think this is going to happen. Like I think it's far less likely than not to happen, but it's, it's kind of fun to speculate on. (laughs) I think if apple were to actually get into the consumer car business that the only way it would really make sense would be to partner with a company like tesla like almost in the almost in a way that um google and nest were together i mean to to clarify do,
0: do you mean that like tesla operates as like a wholly owned subsidiary and it keeps its
1: branding and it's just owned by apple yeah, kind of like, like, sort of like Beats, I guess. Hmm. Because then I think it, it answers a lot of the questions around sales and service. And Tesla's kind of the only manufacturer where that would work because every other manufacturer in the US, you'd have to deal with like the whole dealership thing and that i mean that's definitely not something that apple's going to get involved with so it it feels like if a- if apple really wants to do it that a partnership with tesla is is the most likely option so that that that's kind of that's kind of why i why i think that if they were to if tesla were to get bought out that like apple would at least be in the mix
0: yeah, I think that's fair.
1: I like because, uh, I mean, talk, I mean, talk about the, talk about the ultimate service revenue stream. Like, how the supercharging funds? <laughs> no, I, no mean, I, I, mean, think, I mean, legitimately, I like, the, what, what, what is the
0: services revenue for beyond them?
1: I think as we continue to move more towards like cars as a service, like, it, it's Volvo, right? That already kind of does that. I think, I think car you know in 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 air quotes ownership is going to become more and more like that so I, it's I it's going to be a huge so. opportunity for for apple to have that recurring revenue that tim cook loves so much
0: yeah i i yeah i hard disagree um yeah until the self driving like cuz that's the whole thing where uh what was it like again like musk is saying that um oh yeah you can't what was the change you can't Buy out your Model Three lease at the end because we need them to put back into our
1: self-driving car ride-hailing network. Oh, that'll that'll change. What do you mean? Come three years from now, when these uh, first batch of Model Three leases comes up, they will absolutely allow people to buy
0: them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, but I guess that's my point, which is I just and I think when we talked about it you know, a few years ago, um, I was the one that was more. I think, yeah, I think I think I was the one that's probably more bullish on autonomous driving, like level five or whatever it's called, actually being an idea that comes to market. I think that that's going to be really, really difficult. I think they're not going to solve the weather problem uh, that easily. Uh, Tesla continues to be really stubborn about not embracing LiDAR and just trying to do like just shitty um, cruise control hacks using cameras like they're currently doing. Because like, uh, I think there a couple of episodes we talked about where yeah, like uh, autopilot and all the stuff that they keep promising is basically just like smart cruise control and lane keeping with a couple of extra niceties. I, d- I just I don't think the market changes dramatically um, to the point where it's something that's appealing for Apple until self driving becomes a reliable thing. Because I think, like I, I I don't think the car as a service thing actually ever really comes true. Like I, I think people in cities will eventually not. Oh, it'll be much much easier to not own a car even if you don't live in a downtown area if there is a fleet of either like highly available or self-driving like ride hailing things where that can be a service where you can say that Google's Waymo, I want to spend I want to have a one hundred dollars a month subscription plus some type of mileage fee to have access to this fleet of autonomous vehicles and then I don't need a car. Like I just don't see where Apple. Gets in that business until it's 100% fully baked, and even then, I just I don't necessarily see it. It's like I, I find the idea um, plausible that they get acquired uh, by some technology company. I just I don't think it's Apple. But even if I had to hedge and say, are they acquired by an incumbent automaker or a technology company? It's probably going to be an automaker.
1: I just don't I don't know how their business fits into an existing automaker. They, what,
0: because, well, what's the Gigafactory for? Isn't that well, just like, like
1: a... Well, which which one? There's like four of them now.
0: But, right. like, they're not for separate things. Like, I, they're either making stuff for, like, they're, like, either, like, um, the power... Was it called Powerwall? Right, yeah. Like, the, the, the thing to bank solar energy and then also to make uh, batteries for the vehicles, right? Right. So, I mean, like, so they have the... Like, not that Tesla has some revolutionary um, lithium-ion technology or something, but just the scale that you need to produce vehicles at the rate that, um, us consumers buy them is like, it's, it's pretty large. So I think there is like, I I think there are economies of scale that can be, uh, realized by joining companies who have been making, uh, automobiles at a, at a very high scale, um, or in large numbers for many decades and Tesla that, for better like kind of is better at the technology part of it or at least innovates faster and also has um much knowledge and a lot of scale in the battery space
1: it's just hard to imagine tesla vehicles being available in dealerships across the country that'd be the part that i'd have a hard time seeing if they get acquired by a traditional car maker
0: yeah, but I I think that might be like a coastal bubble problem. Like, I just I just don't see like a Tesla sh- a showroom in a mall in Duluth being the thing. Like, I, I, I think that car lots end up still being a thing. Or alternatively, like the idea scales down on the other side where um, Ford and the other automakers kind of find a way to decouple themselves from, because like a, a lot of automakers don't like, the the dealer model anymore and as stuff has shifted online uh because of service contracts and a whole bunch of other stuff like it's been hard for them to get away from that model anyway and they kind of would like the tesla approach so i i think it kind of goes both ways where they kind of meet in the middle yeah that could be right yeah um, and then do you think EV adoption goes way, way up? Or do you think it's mostly like, I, I'm, I'm kind of pessimistic on that.
1: I, I, I am too. I think, I think this is where we'll probably agree a little bit more. I, you, you use the phrase coastal elite bubble. I I think EVs a thousand percent fall into that category. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of Teslas in the Bay area. You, 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 <laughs> you see a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, you see even, you know, a fair amount of them in California in general, but I, 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 that's, that's where you really have to kind of check yourself a little bit. Um, so no, I, I don't think, I think EVs will continue to be a, a fairly small part of the market five, even, you know, 10 years down the road. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So, so piggybacking off that, uh, ride sharing where do you think ride sharing is in five years going off of the fact that i think do we both agree that uh full autonomous driving is probably further off than we may have thought
1: oh yeah definitely
0: so where does that leave um lyft uber tax like the whole uh v- mobility space for cities how to how to where do you think that stands <sighs>
1: I have no idea from from an economic perspective, just because and, and to,
0: to just again, to put in perspective, like the city of New York, um, like they, they have put into thing like a like a, a wage floor where you have to, I think, get to make like uh, $18 an hour after maintenance costs and stuff like that, where it seems like cities and a lot of other people are pushing back on the economics of Uber. And um, they have themselves like in like in Uber's S1. They're like, we either, yeah, we either need to pay people less or we need to charge more. And if you charge more, the service will get used less. It's just like the law of supply and demand. Like, just yeah, how does that shake out?
1: I think prices have to go up, right? I think the days of like really, really cheap ride shares are going to end at some point. And then maybe in the you know far flung future, when self driving becomes a thing, then maybe those rates go back down. But there's going to reach a point, I think, where you know, the price of your UberX or your Lyft, is it Lyft Line? Whatever their equivalent is. Um, I, I think that's their equivalent to Uber Pool. But, but yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, those prices just have to go up, I think. So I think that that's probably going to be the big reckoning that Uber and Lyft and the people who regularly use those services are going to face, which is going to be rising prices.
0: Yeah. Um, how, uh, like in a couple of years, how do you think, um, the stocks of, cause like both Uber and Lyft are now entirely public companies and they do have to eventually, I like pulling an Amazon is probably the wrong term, but they do have to find a way to figure out like the cash flow issue. Like, and it's just how to try to strive for profitability, which seems really daunting. So like, how, like, do you think it ends up being like a blue apron situation or do you think that. Somehow the market still thinks that eventually they're going to crack the profitability.
1: So this should also come with a caveat that similar to EVs, I'm almost always wrong about the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think Blue Apron's the right analogy because Blue Apron's issue, it was a simple one of just too much competition. I mean, how how many... What's the fancy phrase that they use? Recipe delivery service.
0: <laughs> it's e- it's either yeah, recipe delivery service or meal kit delivery service.
1: Yeah, there's there's something about recipe delivery service that I just find very pretentious. But
0: well, yeah, because it's like it's like it's Betty Crocker, like on the, bo- <laughs> the back of the box where
1: it tells you how to make a pineapple upside down cake. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, pineapple but no, upside so, down cake. Oh no, I love pineapple <laughs> upside down cake. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's mm-hmm. the best. Um. What what were we talking about? Oh, Ride sharing. <laughs> um I I think that yeah, blue apron, just simply too much competition. I don't think that's gonna be the, the issue for Uber or Lyft. It seems like they're they're fairly entrenched. Um the the problem there, and I think the pressure on the stock is gonna come from just again like sheer economics. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little old school, Carlos, but I, I, I generally think that you should try to become profitable at some point as a company.
0: Oh, but Amazon and... did it. <laughs> so maybe, if, maybe Uber just has AWS if, on the side. Who knows? I
1: say if 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 Uber if, if Uber creates the next AWS, then okay, sure, maybe this all goes out the window. But if they're not able to do that, then outside of raising prices, I don't know what they're going to do. And it seems like there's going to be a reckoning, given that they are a public company now. Why do you think? Why do you think they went public now? Do you think it was just simple? you know yeah yeah. like i
0: mean just people need like you can only stay private for so long for a company that that's that big because like i'm not um like a startup insider but like i i I, like i assume like you can't do much on what's it called the secondary market where you trade like early non-public company shares
1: right there yeah they're just there's too much money to to be made
0: yeah like they they have to eventually cash out and if it crashes and burns Mm -hmm. then whatever and all all all, all that's all the only losses that you fucked over a bunch of people driving and you know they don't don't care about that. Right. Um uh yeah. So Ed, well <laughs> I didn't have this on the agenda or on the docket, but um this this seems to this part as um Pitbull would say this parlays right into it. Um <laughs> uh urban mobility, um scooters and bike share. Where are we in five years?
1: I those those to me feel like a fad. Even think, bike think- share? Hmm bike share maybe a little less so um i don't ever really see it becoming maybe much larger than it is today but I, I i at least see it sticking around whereas the scooter thing i think we're going to look back on in five years and kind of laugh at and be like <laughs> remember when there were these on-demand scooter things around
0: hmm i i don't know I think bike share eventually expands a little bit. Like, I I think eventually, if um, and this is probably like a Bay Area centric thing, but if cities in the Bay Area can get um, get on board with it, uh, with like actual like safe urban planning for like safer streets for that mixed use between pedestrians, cyclists, and cars, um, there will be more of an incentive uh for people to bike to work or um use bikes and, and therefore use bike shares. Especially, and have you seen um have you seen the rebranding of uh Ford go bike no, so it is uh so it now it has gone back to motivate, which is uh wholly owned by lyft um and it is now called bay Wheels. which mm. is I, I like it mm. um let me send you a link um and hopefully I open slack and not the photos app okay I succeeded <laughs> every damn time um I, I like I like the colors because like I, I like the like the pink slash magenta of Lyft, even though it it, it borders on uh, some god awful t T-Mobile-ish stuff. But I like the look of it because um, Ford to go bike never really stuck with me, and the the branding of Bay uh, the original Bay Area Bike Share thing was uh, was not amazing. I, th- I think this is cool. So it's, it's 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 a cool rebrand.
1: Has T-Mobile actually ever gone after Lyft? wasn't t-mobile like really litigious T-Mobile, about t
0: mobile is don't don't uh, the t-mobile you, you can google it in gadget t-mobile purple um magenta. yeah back in 2007 know your rights does t-mobile really own magenta yeah fuck off <laughs> uh, <laughs> they tried to trademark that exact shade of magenta and now i can never go to i can never watch a mariners game in seattle so that's yeah. And well luckily I would never go to Las Vegas but I can't go there either. That's true. Yeah. This is this is another thing to keep me out of of Nevada which is goodrins.
1: Have you you haven't been to uh Phone Company Park yet, have you since the rebranding?
0: Uh not as a game. I've I've seen like cuz yeah you 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 sent me a picture of um Along the Embarcadero and in, in, in the East Cut, there are a lot of uh, street signs that used to say AT&T Park, and those have all gotten updated with Oracle Park. And I've walked by it and run by it, but I have not gone to a game yet this season. Got it. Yeah. Have you?
1: No, I didn't go to a game last year and haven't been to one this year. Yeah. And don't don't currently have any plans to go.
0: I want to go and I want to see if Bochy's final season, but this is, it's not, it's the, do it, it, you know, who's not tired of, Oh, who's not getting tired of the winning the <laughs> giants.
1: I haven't checked on them in a while. Is it, is it still,
0: I remember the last time I checked, um, an I I'm going to, I'm going to
1: pull this up here.
0: Um, it they were only like 10 games or it was, it was like, it was like 38 and 20 something or sorry, flip it around like 28 and 38, uh, giants, 34 losses, 45. Sorry, 34 wins, 45 losses. So, not as bad as you'd think.
1: Well, so they are 19 and a half games back of the first place Dodgers. And if I'm scanning the rest of the records here, they have the third worst record in the National League. And they have the, it looks like. Fourth or fifth worst record in all of baseball, so not great. Jeez, the and they have a the minus. They have a minus ninety three run differential, which is the third worst in baseball.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's rough. What were we talking about? uh Tesla, right? <laughs> no, you. Oh, nah, you'll edit this out so for it to make sense. So it's <laughs> a yeah, so Bay Wheels. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, uh, urban mobility. So I, I think bike share stays stable and expands a little bit as um, San Francisco and Oakland and in and the the East Bay because God, did, did, Lord knows it's not happening in Marin. Uh, but they make safer streets for for mixed use and then cycling and that kind of stuff. But I do think if um, like I'm really intrigued, and I know this is an Uber company by but by those jump bikes, and if Bay Wheels puts more. Um, electric bikes on on the on the road like i think that can take off because i think um especially in hillier areas that's where people maybe have some trepidation about taking a bike where like i mean e-bikes are cool yeah so I i think that might actually be something where bike share um expands but i think yeah i i i really want to think that scooters are dumb but i i just from hearing people talk about it and just seeing stuff on twitter and just like it's just. I think some people actually like them, and I think they are actually working better in some cities. I think the injuries thing will catch up to people, um, and the whole like throwing them in in the in the L.A. River, like I think like that's gonna it'll sort itself out. I I don't necessarily think it's a fad. I think if cities get on board, because I um because like in Santa Monica, um they have it where there's actually like like designated parking stations. It's not like a, a docking place it's not like that official but there are places where you're supposed to put them versus them just littering the streets and no matter how much the city of san Francisco tries to get um scoot and skip to have people put them out of the way um which is what's definitely not working um i think it, it can get better so yeah I, th- I, I don't think that's necessarily a fad um i wish it was but i don't think it is but yeah, but as as an urban design nerd and somebody who does like biking, even though I don't do it because I don't live in a place for it, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm bullish on bike share.
1: Hmm. Yeah i I'm not.
0: <laughs> well, because you have, you have, you have your Model Three driving you everywhere on its own. That's true. Um. Okay. So this is the this. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do this one. Uh privacy.
1: Uh, privacy is, is how it's pronounced, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you listen to this week's upgrade? Uh huh. Uh when Mike said router, that was that was yeah. that was
1: fun. <laughs> but then but then said router in the same <laughs> sentence.
0: He's, just, he's like, I don't want the tweets.
1: He, he, yeah. he called himself out though. Yeah.
0: I don't even know if British people would actually pronounce it that way. That that sounds like a bit uh bridge too far.
1: router? Mm-hmm. Hmm. mm hmm
0: um. Yeah. So, do you? Uh. This. This is like multifold. Do. Do people. Will people in five years care about privacy? Um. Should they? And this involves both um, the government and
1: private companies. People should one hundred percent always care about privacy. Privacy from what? They...
0: Or private privacy of what data? And from whom?
1: I think financial data is important um health is extremely important and i think yeah from from the government from your employer from and from whoever else you don't want that information to have like your information you should always be in control of like you should always be able to dictate where it goes why well because if you don't have any sort of privacy then how are you ever really going to feel comfortable like taking risks or kind of putting yourself out there you know
0: so i agree um and the reason i bring this up is that this has been kind of a i, I think it's boiling over this year but i don't know how sustained it is um but post cambridge analytica and and after like there there's been and I probably would not have predicted that it actually would like hold, but right. like the the, the anti Facebook backlash is pretty self sustaining, which I'm which I'm actually fairly happy about. Um, but this goes and and this kind of goes back to the whole um, dem- Democratic primary thing, where many um, like Elizabeth Warren and, and many others are talking about like privacy bill of rights and um, uh, like proposals for. Uh, big tech companies to require them to explain how much money they make off of you and, and data retention and all this kind of stuff where I uh, I'm, I'm surprised at how the privacy narrative is actually held on um, as much as it has. But I, I come across so many people that don't care who, uh, kind of understand that there is kind of this, pervasive and passive um, data collection machines that are google facebook amazon and and all these and i don't mean the people that think like that their echoes are listening to them but just like they understand the general concept they might not like it but that the internet and big tech companies are basically these just gigantic data collection mechanisms and not that they're feeding it to the government or something but that just that that is meant to feed a marketing machine. And they just understand that in exchange for free services, which you generally cannot actually pay for, even if you wanted to, that that's just kind of how life is. And I, I understand your perspective where you're saying that like you should definitely have a reasonable expectation that your health records and your, um, your purchases and your finances are relatively private. But I, 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 think people are aging out of that opinion and that that is like that's just more like that most people don't care, um, and that there's going to be like just uh, Congress does not understand technology, and no matter how many young people we elect to Congress, well, I mean, eventually we would, but it but it's not going to happen for a very long time. There's not going to be enough people with the um with the will to actually make changes for it. So I'm. I'm just very interested to know that as technology becomes an even bigger part of our lives and that ev- as literally everything moves online, kind of where does the privacy debate stand and do most people just not care?
1: A year ago, I would have agreed with the idea that most people aren't going to care and we're going to probably just continue to slip into the type of society where privacy becomes more and more irrelevant. But I actually do think what's happened since like post 2016 is going to have long-term effects and it isn't just going to go away. Maybe that's a little wishful thinking, but I actually I actually do think in the era that we're in now where it seems like nothing sticks around, which kind of makes predicting that something will stick around kind of <laughs> a dangerous um prediction but i actually i actually do think this is going to be one of those things that continues to break through
0: do you remember about um about a month ago there was like a mini controversy uh where uh somebody from i think buzzfeed news found a page on google's like privacy dashboard that showed you um just it was like generically called like transactions and it just happened to be that if you were a Gmail user like Google has actually been looking at every receipt and scraping every purchase you've ever made and collating that into a, like a little database for themselves mhm nobody cared and nobody remembers that anymore it was like cool like it's stuff like that where i just don't think it's it's just so hard to be outraged about that kind of stuff and there's just like are there's no there are no alternatives like you, there's no reasonable alternative to google maps there's apple maps and apple only pretends to care about privacy for as long as it serves them but once um iphone sales shrink again and once the the next recession hits and people uh, no longer want to spend eleven hundred dollars on phones uh i think they'll they'll scale back their privacy ambitions real quick like i don't know like it's just People have gotten so immune to that kind of stuff, and I'm not even like I'm not even saying like the oversharing and just like the, every bit of your life being online, just so much passive data collection. I, I and yeah, I w- w- so you think people care about it or might care about it? How 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 do people rise up? Like how do people show that they they aren't going to take it?
1: Yeah, that that I don't have a, a very good answer for because it does it does feel like even in all the outrage that there's been around the Cambridge Analytica story and just Facebook in general, like the whole, you know, getting rid of Facebook thing. Like, I don't think that's been a widespread thing. And, you know, Instagram, I think is as popular as it's ever been before. So, and even though people think
0: they're different products, they feed the exact same
1: data machine. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, can I give a quick detour real quick? mm-hmm let me find the link but this goes back to the uh cinematic universe thing i was talking to you earlier about and now i have to open one password uh, okay uh sending you a link okay and then i will give you i I will stall for time while you enter your password there
1: so I i need to i need to log in log into this Yes. Okay. So I'm... I. mean, I, I
0: hope it's not public.
1: But. Uh, okay. So I'm. <laughs> clicking on the thing. Clicking on the other thing. Clicking log in. So I have to enter my. I guess I enter my. Twitter handle, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then I log in. Okay. All right. I mean, so if, now and, what... if, and if people
0: want to do this at home, you can go to twitter.com Com. Uh, log in. Uh, click on your little avatar, dude go to settings, and then click on your Twitter data. So if you can scroll down a little bit. Well, actually, I want to know how old this, because um, it's fun that uh, Twitter thinks it knows um, knows your gender and knows it thinks it knows how old you are. So w- what are you?
1: So where do I find this?
0: Uh, are you on a page that says your Twitter data?
1: I'm on a page that has settings, general, your Twitter data, and download your Twitter data.
0: So click on your Twitter data.
1: I can't do that. I can click on the links below it, account, account history, apps devices and information <laughs> um i can send you a screenshot of the page i please that I'm on. please do okay so um,
0: you can you can tighten this up and post but i'm sure it's
1: oh fun. yeah no we we'll, we'll, we'll this is we're basically probably on like the 10th minute of the episode yeah. these are these, these are these
0: are all gems every 200 episodes mm-hmm. or every, every every single
1: one yeah um, so slack is working on sending you the file which for some reason slack decides to take a long time uploading screenshots occasionally
0: uh there you you go oh because you're on new twitter you're on Mm. new new web twitter okay so i'm still on the old one i am hip like that
1: uh so what happens if you
0: click interests and ads data
1: let's see inferred interests from twitter oh you know my number one well i guess this is there we go yeah that's what i'm
0: looking for okay
1: it, it's alphabetical so it'd be funny if this was in uh some kind of like ranked order but the the top one here is hashtag amazon hq2 of
0: course um because you you and aoc we're all we're all about it and we're all against it so i'll just sc- I'll scroll through your list i i have 250 in here i i don't know how many it shows for you
1: I don't see a I don't see a count anywhere it seems like a long list though yeah
0: um so twitter based off of your like this is the part where I guess I think most people just don't understand how much analytic data is um is collected and aggregated from every tweet that you like every tweet that you look at stuff that you scroll past like even if you don't interact with a tweet like it knows that if you're using a first party client um it knows that you actually looked at it um or if you skim past it to a point where there's no way you could have read it um and it collects all that kind of stuff to send you more targeted ads. Um, so some of the highlights in here, again, they're not, um, so yeah, I sent you a little thing where under the M's I have, uh, marriage. I do, I do not know about that one. Uh, Marvel universe, McDonald's, McFlurry, Mercedes Benz, Michael Barbaro, Microsoft windows and Mitch McConnell. So those are really, uh, <laughs> uh, weird and upsetting things. But, um, this is just another thing where if you dig, uh, because like, tech companies have this weird thing where they kind of try to be semi transparent about uh, what data they collect, but they always do it in a weird way where you never actually want to look at it. And it never actually really puts together the pieces of what they're doing with it. Uh, But I found this page super, super funny. Um, And also a lot of these are weird. Uh, Yeah, I have, (laughs) uh, I have uh, under the S's Salesforce Dreamforce. Uh, sexual misconduct in the U.S. I think everybody probably has that because of uh, hashtag me too. SpongeBob SquarePants, Steve Kerr, and Super Mario.
1: You know, the other cra- crazy thing I'm discovering here too is I apparently created my Twitter account on December 3rd, 2007. And the reason that's so weird is because I don't really think I started using Twitter regularly until. I don't know, a few years ago.
0: I don't think that's true. Like, you know, Twitter has been like, I I think maybe you might have registered for an account or I might have forced you to register for an account. Um, But yeah, you
1: know, you've been using Twitter forever. I don't really think so, though. Not not like in the way that I use it today. Hmm. Like today, it's basically my number one used app through the day. And it, it hasn't it hasn't been like that. For more than maybe the last like three four years at most,
0: I think time might be just condensing for you. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. yeah I mean you, you you know yourself better, but like I, I mean, yeah, I don't, hmm, maybe. Yeah, March twentieth, two thousand seven at two seventeen a.m. sounds right. <laughs> 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 Haven't been able to sleep for twelve years. Uh, okay. Apparently, I have a BlackBerry registered to this, which uh, do not have that device anymore. Probably. <laughs> Um, so anyway, th- that's a fun thing, but you can go to, uh, I think it's google.com slash privacy. Um, and you can kind of just kind of see everything that people are collecting on you. And it's, just, and it's just weird. And I don't think people actually care. And I think it's going to continue to be that way where people will exchange minor conveniences. Like, I mean, you know, do you, this is unrelated to the privacy discussion, but like the, the best feature that exists, actually the two best features that exist because of people don't care about their privacy and also massive data collection are both in Google maps The first being just like super, super, super hyper accurate traffic data. Um, And then also, do you ever search on Google Maps and click on a place and then you scroll down to the how busy is it?
1: Um, I mean, I I noticed that. I don't know if I've ever really like actively used it.
0: I use it all the time. Like it's great to know when a restaurant or a bar or like a place is going to be busy. But also it will literally give you a live preview based off of all the Android users or in the iOS people who gave liberal um, uh, permissions to use your data or to use your location at any time to know how busy a place is. And that would that's a feature that only works with m- hundreds of millions of users all online at the same time who didn't necessarily understand the privacy policy they were agreeing to.
1: Huh, I guess I guess I thought that was using kind of just a more generic No. <laughs> it's 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 how many people are literally there and it knows
0: that this Google Maps user, which is semi anonymized, whatever, um, is at a particular place and they use all and that's coupled with um all of the Wi Fi networks that they've scanned using Google Street View. It it all it, it brings together so many uh questionable um data aggregation programs that Google has. But it's convenient. Um, so I also sent you a link that you can put into the show notes. This is the one thing that I told you, uh, you are required to read for the show. Uh, did you read this article?
1: I did not read the whole thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you read some of it where you at least know sort of what it is? Yes. Good. So this is from the intercept. And I think, well, probably, I think that probably a fair amount of this is embellished, but, um, the title of the article is I'm a journalist, but I didn't fully realize the terrible power of us border officials until they violated my rights and privacy wordy title, but, uh, it's, it's actually a very interesting and illuminating article. And this, this kind of brought me, um, like, cause, uh, the, the last time I was out of the country, um, at, when I came back, cause I did, I had pre-checked, but I did not have global entry at the time. And that's another government program that if you, if you're worried about your, your privacy, maybe people should consider, um, that I was, I was pulled in for secondary screening, uh, cause stuff like this happens a lot because, um, I have a fairly common name. Um, this article is super interesting about kind of what, uh, can happen if you're just flagged for any reason, uh, coming into or out of the United States. Um, so did you read the parts where basically he was kind of compelled to give over his, um, laptop and iPhone passwords?
1: No, I didn't. I did not get there.
0: So that's the, that's the trickiest part. And I want to know, and I, and I, I want to know what you would actually do, not just what we think we would do. I know, like, I know we would all say that, oh, no, I would not. I would, I would ask for a lawyer and I would do all this kind of stuff. But basically, um, this is a reporter who had just returned from Mexico. He was flying into the Austin uh, airport and yeah, was, was pulled, um, oh, when getting back and was it wasn't called customs when you're getting back in the United States Yes, and, um, uh the the border official did not and did not like his answer for where where he was and therefore was put into secondary screening and then they went through his luggage and all that kind of stuff and then uh asked and compelled him to give the passwords to his iphone and laptop and then kind of just went through all of his information and um the reason i bring this up is like I travel with multiple devices. Like I, I usually travel with um, an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac Pro, which has basically my entire life on it. Um, what what would you do if if um, that happened to you? you? And you were just for some reason just you you were on vacation, you just came back from Europe or something, and and you were uh, flagged or had a secondary screen, you were basically like, oh yeah, let's let's look at your phone. What would you do?
1: i would I would probably chicken out and do it
0: does that concern you where because uh, you, you and when you think about the totality of what somebody would have access to that because if if you give your phone password well and what what if they what if they said I, we want to look in your one password as well
1: i think I think I would say no to that i think
0: do you think that would that but that seems kind of like giving them nothing at all like cause they'd be like, oh yeah, there's this one part that he wants to look at."
1: I don't know. Like it's it, it's such a hard question to answer because like when you when you're not in the moment, you'd want to say like, "No, of course I wouldn't agree to any of this." But I don't know. Just imagining myself in a situation like that, I, I, I would not want further confrontation there.
0: Yeah. Like this. This is the reason I bring this up is that like there's a whole lot of stuff where the government also kind of does a lot of weird stuff to u.s citizens and in like and for the person in the article this is not like some international journalist or somebody who's like just temporarily on a visa or something like this is like a, a full u.s citizen who is is being subjected to this well yeah i i i don't know what i would do because like like cause my phone has a a decade worth of photographs i don't think there's anything in there but but i don't know uh the decade worth of text message history my email every bit of financial data that i have like it has everything and you would like to think that you would say no i i feel that to be an unreasonable search and i do not consent to that but what what are you gonna do like you're gonna be potentially indefinitely detained and incur the costs of a lawyer when um, there are questionable court cases as to whether or not the government actually has the right to compel you to give your password. And I just find that to be super, um, super, super weird and mm-hmm. and 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 concerning. And the fact that that could happen to any U.S. citizen traveling for any particular reason, just because you catch somebody who's not on a great day. And even though, yeah, I have global entry and I now have given away my fingerprints and been background checked, but like, I mean, still, I have a common name. There's no reason why somebody uh, could not um, stop me again. And again, that last time for secondary screening, it was like an eight minute thing. And it was like, oh, yeah, where do you live and where are you born? And then it was, okay, bye. But that's like, I don't know. And same thing, like when people are applying for US visas now from a different country, you have to give your social media uh, handles uh, to have that searched as well. Like there's so much stuff where, as more and more of our lives move online, and I think for the next five years, that's just going to continue to increase, of course. Like, where I I have no idea where that actually goes. Um, and that's why I think people's attitudes towards privacy are actually fairly interesting to examine because I, I don't know where that goes. And if you've done, and if people want it at home, want to do some fun reading, uh, look up the, um, Chinese social credit system. If you've read anything about that, it's terrifying as shit, but like, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's nightmare fuel. And I, and I honestly don't think it's that far away from coming here too. Hmm. (laughs) Happy times. And then the last bit about this, uh, do you have many concerns about, um, data breaches? because you said you want to protect your financial data, but Equifax has already given that to everybody on the dark web so
1: i do i do worry about that a lot, yeah, and I'm pretty religious about you know doing things like regularly checking my credit reports, setting up alerts, all that kind of stuff
0: yeah two two pro tips for people one annualcreditreport.com is the one place you can, uh, each year get, um, free detailed government mandated, um, <laughs> government mandated, uh, credit reports, uh, from all the major credit bureaus. And also, um, credit freezes are free with every, uh, credit bureau. And that is one OmniFocus item that was overdue for a very long time that I finally, um, late last year got off my button. did. And I, and I feel better about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Have you? You don't um, have to answer that.
1: No. Not gonna answer that.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, people can infer what they want from that. Okay. Alright, to, to we we have two last topics. Um Apple and the smart home. Or sorry, Apple and the second one is smart home. Which do you want first? Let's do Apple. Okay. Is Tim Cook the CEO of Apple in five years? Yes. No. Does the Apple services narrative play out the way people want it to? Or sorry, how Apple wants it to? Yes. Uh, yes. Asterisk. I think Apple TV plus is a colossal failure. Um, But I do think Apple, um, as long as they don't fuck it up and don't price Apple arcade at some ridiculous, like $30 a month thing. I actually think, especially with parents with kids, who don't want to get stuck in like the free to play and then just buy a ton of gems and stuff. Um, I think Apple Arcade will actually be, per- um, or is it Apple Arcade or iTunes Arcade. Apple Arcade. Um, I think that actually has some legs to it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think Apple Arcade is actually going to be a pretty big deal. And I, I I'm i with you. I think Apple TV plus is going to be like, it's going to be a colossal failure i think it's it's
0: such an expensive distraction for a company that does not need to be dealing again we talk every six episodes i go for an hour about why oh, it's a stupid idea so people can go listen to that again but it's really silly like them like apple loves being the middleman great they can they already knocked off the idea of amazon channels like just skim your money off that people you don't need to make your own content the space race show looks Cool, but Amazon would have made it if you didn't. Whatever. Um, see, I think it kind of does, but I do. Yeah, so I, I do think they continue to, to siphon more money out of people. I um uh, related to this. Do you think Apple? What is the criteria for Apple Card being successful? And then is it successful?
1: Uh, not applicable, and no.
0: meaning you don't think many people sign up for it or you think people sign up for it it's a novelty and then they don't care
1: i don't think many people are going to sign up for it
0: do you think it's like is it a t-word thing where like i just hear a lot of people actually acting like they're they're interested in it
1: oh that's (laughs) that's definitely a t-word thing for sure
0: even more so than tesla vanity plates got it okay (laughs) um yeah i i i don't know like i i uh, In five years, is the fr- free amount of iCloud space still five gigs?
1: <laughs> They're actually going to reduce it to two. serious <clears throat> oh, answer? I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, lo- the,
0: the 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 long pregnant pause explains the fact that you, people think such little of Apple and how <laughs> cheap they are.
1: Oh man, I you know I I actually do. Um, it's like thinking about this most recent services event i actually do really think we're going to look back at that event and be like yeah you know apple arcade that's that's actually done pretty well and was a good idea and like the rest of it is going to we're going to look back on and be like man remember when apple tried to do a credit card and geez remember when they came out with a credit card with golden sacks and then they had all these uh tv shows that they wanted to do like remember all that stuff
0: yeah, I, I, I keep wap- uh, waffling back and forth on it, Apple Card because I think it's silly. And like, had they actually done it properly, like if Apple's like, we're disrupting the, the financial services I- industry, we want to be super friendly. We're like, we're going we're to be the Elizabeth Warren of credit cards. Like this has the Elizabeth Warren sale approval, like Bailey Warren, like wants to use this to to shop at Petco. Like that would have been something different. But then being like, oh yeah, we have the lowest uh, interest rates in, in, in the industry. And then I love to like Gruber like points out it's like 13.9%. That's still like loan shark territory. Like, it, it it's, it's an interesting concept but I just think that it doesn't actually make sense. Like uh, how, and I know it is easier said than done but like if, if Chase just got off their ass and made a good iOS app, like that would solve it. Like you, you can be more customer friendly if you just make an app that doesn't suck because that's, that's most of it, which is Apple is using software to try to sort of make this better. But Apple's thing is basically they're trying to kind of be like what mint.com is sort like sort of, um, and just have like a slightly lower interest credit card. Like I just still think it's, I think it's super silly and like, and this might be another thing where people just don't realize like the privacy implications. And I'm not saying that with Apple, but like where people don't think things through, Maybe people won't notice that this is now just like a weird form of vendor lock in where now your credit card is tied to you always buying an iPhone like that is something that I don't know if that's a thought process that will ever go to that that logical endpoint for people
1: and I know that Apple card is more than just n f c payments like you know they send you that fancy smancy titanium card too, but I mean clearly there's an emphasis on using it in you know wallet and and doing uh uh, nfc payments but i i still feel like the only person in the world that uses my iphone or apple watch to regularly pay for stuff like i never see anybody else do that even in the bay area i never see it so i just i just don't know like how big of a thing that is and like given that that's such a large part of the way that Apple's kind of pitching it. I just don't know how that connects with people. Cause I still don't really think people use Apple pay in huge numbers. Like I, I know that Apple says it's successful, but I don't know. Just like anecdotally, I, I don't see it. I
0: kind of agree. The only counterpoint I would say is that very few people like a couple of years ago, um, not that people used to be like impressed is the wrong word, but people would be like taken aback a little bit if you used contactless payments. But I think like that's not a thing anymore, so I feel like people are using it more.
1: It's made um, progress. I I agree. It's it's definitely made progress. But
0: like, I didn't think it would be a target. Like I I think that happened way faster. I thought that like everybody would still cling to trying to do their own dumb in-house payment technologies and try to force people to use QR codes and like ultrasonic sound to pay for stuff. But yeah. And the, the fun part about the proliferation of Apple pay, which I do like is that that made contactless cards more common. Um, And honestly, less so than using Apple pay. I'm using um, a contactless credit card instead, because if it doesn't work, it's super easy to then just put your chip in, and it doesn't look weird like you were the you were the jackass trying to pay with your wrist.
1: Oh, it's oh, it's the worst every time it happens. I hate I hate it so much.
0: Again, you got you got to get them to replace your your Chase card so that it has the little chippy thing or the little contactless thing.
1: Yeah, I think the I think the the Chase card I have that I use the most often is coming up for um, renewal this year. So I'll get the, I'll get the fancy new one.
0: Um, and then with that. Uh, totally unrelated to everything else. The Square register has the contactless thing in the wrong spot.
1: This, oh, it's, it's I, it's I, I so ha- it's so confusing
0: because one every register always has it really far away. It's it's not clear whether which um whether the chip goes up or down if you're if you are uh, quote unquote dipping your card, and then if you're using Apple Pay or contactless, that is above like the customer facing little like here's how much your total is thing where you it, it's just abnormally high up and you would not know like where where is the nfc spot um and that that's compounded with the fact that usually the register is too close to the uh, or too far away from you to use it naturally where it's not super weird
1: can i can i go down a a tangent a related tangent here you sure te- tell it. a little story heck yeah so this was this was on a square register this past weekend. So I was um so I, I I saw Hamilton this last weekend. Um and during intermission, I wanted to purchase a beverage. And the the line was surprisingly moving like really, really fast. Like I, I kind of actually walked over to the bar thinking, like, eh, well, if this is not moving, like I'll I'll just give up on this idea. Because intermission really wasn't that long. But the line was moving super, super fast. Like the bartender was doing an awesome job, just like churning through people and really like just, you know, knocking out drinks. So I it, it comes my turn to to pay or to, you know, order and I, I do that. And then um there's the little square cash or square register thing is there, and you know, he uh he actually takes my card and, and does that part. But then you know, they they do the thing where they they turn the screen around for the tip. Mm-hmm. And the things were moving so fast that, like, I, like, wanted to, you know, make a selection quickly. uh uh-huh. But it, it does the thing where it's, like, it defaults to, like, 15, 20, or 25%. Yeah. Which is, like, I'm not going to do that for one drink. Like, that's, 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 I'm sorry, that's too much.
0: Why? But, like, it's, it's a $12 drink, so it probably. It was
1: $22. <laughs> for one drink.
0: Yes. With is this at SHN or, or at, the Orpheum? At the Orpheum,
1: or? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! I was about, I was yeah. about to
0: say, fifteen percent. Like, yeah, two bucks,
1: whatever. No, <laughs> no, that... no. It t- twenty-two dollar drink.
0: Well, so, sorry. If, if you're seeing this is your second time seeing Hamilton, I think if if you, if you can afford to watch it twice, then hell yeah, you can you can get, you can tip this dude five bucks. It, it was my third. <laughs> get out of here! You know what? No. <laughs> Taking your dog. You yes, yeah. sir. This. Uh, well, on average, we have we have seen this show one and
1: a half times each. Part, part of the reason I, I, I want to tell the story is it's, it's kind of therapeutic because <clears throat> what what ended up happening was I in my panic of, of trying to like complete the transaction quickly I'm sure there was a like a custom tip button somewhere but mm-hmm. I just didn't see it and so I panicked and pressed no tip you son of- a monster I know so then well then it gets worse though I immediately like know what I did and I'm like shit I like I did, like I I, I want to tip this guy. Like I actually, I was like very impressed at how quickly things were moving, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me. You think gave least, just... right? So this is the worst part. So oh, I'm like, God. okay, well, I'll pull out my wallet. Pull out my wallet. Only cash I have is two twenties.
0: There you go. That's your penance. I you, I, you tip I, nothing.
1: I <laughs> I didn't tip anything. I feel I feel so bad about it. I still. This was like. Five days ago, and it's still, it's still bothering me. Because I'm a, I'm a good tipper, Carl. So I'm like John Gruber that way. I, I tip well, but I, I panicked. <laughs> uh
0: You're a good tipper, and you're never on time. <laughs>
1: um, geez, so many. I should have just tipped the fifteen percent. I mean, it, it, yeah, oh, it would have been so much easier.
0: I thought the way the story was going to end was you accidentally tapped twenty five, and then you felt like you felt. no i would
1: i'd been fine with that
0: this is (laughs) soup it's
1: so bad this is so okay
0: that's that's a pretty good story one how many times you have to see hamilton Is this because you wanted to see it again or there were other people that you're like oh no i must introduce you to this cultural phenomenon
1: so so the i mean each time has a story so the first time was like (laughs) just like aaron burr's life exactly um the the first time you know it, it just come to san francisco like it was like the first time it was touring outside of broadway so you know um some friends got tickets and and we went and it was awesome and then the second time was a very special occasion personally and then this third time uh, was kind of like what you described which is it, it was some uh, family that had not seen it before who really wanted to see it um and it's you know not an original take here but it is absolutely incredible so i i jumped to the chance to see it again
0: can i ask um how much it costs uh these days
1: i think it, it's it's less expensive this go around um we can, can, can i
0: can i guess a price and you tell me higher or lower sure uh 175
1: i think you can get tickets for less than that well less than how much for yours <laughs> Ours were right around that. I think with, with fees and everything, I think they ended up being like around two hundred a ticket. But we were sitting we were sitting pretty low. We had we actually had really, really good seats. But it's a it's a it's a type of show where I mean where you sit I mean it really doesn't matter. Like visually there's I mean there's there's some neat stuff going on, but that it's you know, it's about the music. Have you have you you haven't seen it? God no.
0: Like I like it and I've listened to the thing, but just I can't I... Can't spend that kind of money on a single experience. Hmm. I I I am cheap about a lot of things, most things actually, but I just I can't do it.
1: See, I I had the experience too, though, of I had not heard a single second of any of the music before the first time I saw it. Some somehow I had avoided it, not even like purposefully. I just got lucky that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, man. It. Ugh. Hamilton is just a it's so good
0: well now you know you have to do next time next bar or dinner you'd go out to you have to for your penance you have to over tip that person just because karma you need to fix this
1: I've 1000% been thinking about that and will probably do so
0: or on my behalf you can email the Phil's people and ask them for the love of God please put tipping in your app so I don't feel like a a horrible person because I always use mobile ordering tip tipping in food please Uh, no, people, you can just refer people to the, to the washing machine for my avocado toast. Don't get Phil's avocado toast.
1: Their avocado toast is pretty good though.
0: It's fine, but yeah.
1: And it's actually like surprisingly reasonably priced. It's only like six bucks, right? Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah. What were we talking about? Apple card. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's a long time ago. Um, uh so that that's that, that i i have to give you credit that is the best story that you've told
1: <laughs> i feel so bad about it. it like it haunted me the rest of that night
0: <laughs> did it did it, it detract from your enjoyment of the second half of the show
1: partially like for the first few minutes i was still thinking about it because i you know i just got back to my seat sort of like right when the second half started and i'm like god damn it i pressed
0: no tip <laughs> I assume you told the story immediately when you got
1: back to your seat. Uh, to three different times, I think. I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm.
0: That's <laughs> so why I'm still he, telling it. He, uh, he he gets screwed yet you get a story you get mileage out of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's twice as bad. Okay. Um, and I so Ed, but actually going off. Uh, I, fall, um, I found a plot hole in your story. So then that was a first gen square register because they if they turned the thing around. Like the whole point of the the new fancy it looks like an iPad Pro square register is that you have the the customer facing um, screen where you don't they don't. Well, flip I, I, I'm
1: actually I'm second guessing this now.
0: That's some revisionist history, like Aaron Burr.
1: You know what? Oh, well, it, it was such a scar. You know, like with like scarring experiences, sometimes you mm. kind of block out certain parts of it. Actually, no, it was a second gen register because the screen was facing towards me. And I, as you would say, I I dipped my card into the machine, and then mm-hmm. and then and then panicked when the when the tip screen came up. Uh, so bad. Yeah, this
0: this, this is upsetting. I didn't know you were a bad person, but geez, I I
1: always <laughs> I always overtip, always overtip. I get I mean, and to like to the point where. I so not I don't get chastised for it, but I, I I get told like, "Geez, that's a lot." I'm like, eh, well, you know,
0: yeah, we do, We generally don't have like that I issue. always
1: I always tip at the high end, and then I'll kind of round up a little bit from there. Mm-hmm. Except for when I press no tip. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there's where, where was I? There was one other thing related to this. Shit
1: here you know here's here would be a killer feature for apple card apple apple can take this and run with it Mm -hmm. if there could be some mechanism where if i had a situation like that i'd be able to add a tip later
0: oh yeah starbucks app or or like yeah or like
1: like uber does that like um yeah
0: not uber uber's canceled (laughs) um uh, there's two two things with this. One, with Square Register. Also, I want to make sure you understand. People know, even though they can't see you, they know where your finger's going. No, so I they still know if you tip.
1: I, I know, I know. That, that makes me so New. anxious.
0: Where I always have to tip, like no matter what, like I can't do fifteen percent. I always have to do in the middle because I'm like, because then if you do fifteen percent, there's a very high likelihood they think you tip, you hit no tip, and I can't do that. So therefore, even though,
1: so I. I used to struggle with that a lot too, but I I've, I've worked past that insecurity and I, I don't feel bad about not tipping in situations where I, you, where tipping is not the custom. I don't feel bad about that. In fact, I I actually get a little annoyed sometimes about when I get asked to tip in a situation where clearly tipping is not expected.
0: <clears throat> okay. Well, well, so two things with this and uh, yeah, maybe this is one of the things I need to go to therapy for. Um, what (laughs) yeah you know my tipping anxiety where i'm afraid that somebody who can't see or my finger is going to think i'm a cheap bastard (laughs) um (laughs) of of the insecurities and in constant anxiety i have that is unfortunately one of the higher ones um anyway uh what what is your um you're at a place that you like and it has a tipping field but it is not. It's it is a non table service type of industry. So it's a
1: takeaway, as the British would say.
0: Yeah, or 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 you do you sit down, but you do your own thing. Like you come and grab your order.
1: Mm-hmm. I do not. T- I do not tip in that situation.
0: Actually, sorry, Blue Barn. So yeah, you you go you go to Blue Barn. You get you, you get your clubber. You get your whatever. Um, yeah. So you you do
1: nothing. So at Blue Barn. If I'm simply taking the food away, I do not tip. If I'm sitting down, um, because they generally bring the food to you, I'll usually tip, you know, a couple of dollars.
0: Yeah, so that's another th- another bit of overthinking and, and constant crippling anxiety. Is that? But then that that often ends up being below fifteen percent, and at that point, I'm like, oh yeah, you're being a cheap tipper versus actually just tipping nothing.
1: No, I to me the fifteen percent thing only comes into effect in uh, like a traditional kind of like restaurant setting. Yeah, where you're or or you know like a table service type setting that that's where that fifteen percent standard kicks in. Anything outside that, I fifteen percent's not an applicable number. Like I think so. I think takeaway food, no tip. If you sit down somewhere where like the food's being brought to you, or if, you know, they, they'll come bust your table, then I think a you know, a few dollars two two three $2, $3, I think is appropriate. Um, I think for like food delivery, I think $5 is totally appropriate. Assuming it's not some crazy large order, then obviously you'd want to bump it up from there. Uh, but for like, you know, a standard one, two person order, five bucks, I think is, is okay. And then, you know, restaurants, I, restaurants are where I really tip well, where it'll be, you know, 20, 25%. And I I don't even do like the pre-tax total. I'll just take, I'll take the full total and just run with it.
0: I'm going to make you Google it, but you can go find that stupid CNBC video where that, where that guy said, you know how you could save hundreds of dollars per year by fucking people on their tips by using the pre-tax total.
1: Yeah. See, I don't, <laughs> to me, it's like, you know, especially if it's good service, I'll, I'm happy to pay the, you know few extra dollars.
0: Yeah. Uh last thing before we get away from this and actually I want to just put in the thing. Oh, and one, one more one
1: more tipping thing which brings mm. brings the, the 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 this conversation full circle as you I don't say. think it does. Uh tipping for drinks. Do, it's a do, dollar a drink. Unless it's like no. really unless it's a really fancy drink and then maybe
0: mm. a couple bucks. So to t- well this must be our five-year plan god damn it um we, it, somehow i think the young people call this being back on their bullshit where you just get <laughs> back to the same dumb stuff you always do um well one I, I pushed back on your uh so like last night like two two drinks like 12 bucks a drink like i know i tip six bucks like what well, dollar a drink what do you that you might as well not even write anything at that point
1: oh you think a dollar a drink's too low yeah mm.
0: at that like because again at that point just don't do anything just be that guy
1: no, you gotta got to tip something. Yeah, but a dollar? I think that's customary. Again, unless it's like a really fancy cocktail, then you know, maybe it's a couple bucks.
0: I mean, like a $12 cocktail at a, just at a bar. It's not like some super ritzy thing. But um,
1: hmm. Yeah, that'd usually be a dollar, maybe two. Like a beer, though. Beer or some kind of quick drink like that, that's definitely a dollar.
0: <laughs> and then what about uh, non-mobile app takeaway coffee? Like you see, you you walked in, you waited in line a little bit, and somebody made your coffee, but it's just grab and go. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever tip there. Hmm. Interesting. Not in a judgy way,
1: but interesting yeah, no, I just, say i yeah, I don't, I don't ever tip there.
0: Uh hmm. oh, well, now people can listen to the next hundred episodes thinking about that.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll, Apple, I'll, I'll still be thinking about that. Intermission drink. I mean, as as you should
0: literally you're 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 going to it's it's well like i i was going to say it would be on your deathbed but actually we're all going to die in like 8 years anyway but um you're going to you're going to be there saying i should have tipped that guy
1: literally the worst part of it too is in retrospect that was a situation where i probably would have tipped at least a couple of dollars just because i really did think the guy was going above and beyond to keep the line moving mm-hmm. and that 15% <laughs> ended up being like it would have been like a fifty cent overpay mm-hmm. if I just if mm-hmm. I just were to clicked that. Yeah. Ugh. Jeez, it's the worst. Like the the
0: guy rolling around in a Model Three with a with a, with an iPad Pro he probably barely uses can't uh. can't even tip for a drink. Jesus, can afford a twenty two dollar drink but can't.
1: <laughs> uh, i to be uh, using this for the next two years. It's man, great. It's, it's so bad. I feel so bad. You should. I know. Ugh.
0: Um, jeez, that's as stingy as giving people five five gigs of iCloud space for the past fucking decade. <laughs> you, you, ooh, okay. Is Tim Cook a good tipper, or is he stingy? As shit <laughs> oh,
1: Man, that's a tough question. I, I actually think uh, Tim Cook's probably he, he's a good guy. I bet he tips well.
0: So then, what he you don't think somebody at some point? Again, going back to a famous uh, episode title, Papers Across My Desk, you don't think when he's pretending to use an iPad to get stuff done that somebody hasn't suggested they increase the space and he's like, that would cost more, right? No. <laughs> that decision has come, that, somebody has talked to him about that. I don't think, who's in charge of services?
1: Is it Phil? Mostly, sort of? Things have shuffled around a couple of times. I, I there's think no way so. to have a
0: VP of services. Or does that fall under Eddie Q, who's like VP of internet
1: stuff? No, that actually, yeah, it Apple might be Q SVPs, because um, Phil is like marketing an app store.
0: No, Eddie Q, senior vice president, internet software and services.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Angela Aarons is gone. Uh, <laughs> uh Deirdre O'Brien, uh, retail plus people. Do you like when companies call their uh, HR department people departments? No, hate it. Yeah. Uh um Oh yeah so so Apple. Um <laughs> got to wrap this up. Uh does Apple, Yeah, so I I so in 5 years Apple 5 gigs or more or no? No. 40 minutes later we have our answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I answered that question before. You can go back to the tape.
0: Uh sure. Um yeah. Um well, okay. So let's let's smart home and then one one last thing. Okay, smart home. Uh, where are we at? In five years. Also, same thing for voice assistants because it's basically the same thing.
1: I hope to have literally every single thing in my home connect to my Wi-Fi network.
0: Sorry, let me clarify. Not you, normal people.
1: Oh, normal people. I think it. I think it's still a super niche thing that people don't generally use.
0: Even voice assistance. Yeah. In five years, is Siri appreciably better? No, <laughs> that was fast. Um, hmm.
1: Or maybe it's. I guess maybe maybe it's better than it is today, but it's just as far, if if not further behind what Amazon and Google are doing.
0: Yeah. Um. Did you? Because I I I, th- I saw this last Wednesday, and we already had a jam packed show, so I didn't bring it up. So I just put this in in kind of in the grab bag. Did you see, but I think, but then it blew up on Thursday on the internet. Did you see the video of the GE light bulb reset thing?
1: No, I haven't heard of this.
0: Okay. So we'll take it offline. I will put in the link and after the show, you need to go listen to it or watch it. But basically it is a, um, it was a how to video on GE's, uh, YouTube channel and it is now up to 850,000 views for a product that they have probably sold four of.
1: Oh, I I I did hear about this. It is fucking bananas.
0: Where <laughs> the way to hard reset cuz any and here's the thing like so I kind of went through this with my Hue bulbs when I got the gen, the Gen 3 bridge or whatever because it, the old one wouldn't work with my it wouldn't work with HomeKit and it wouldn't work with my um second gen Amazon Echoes and I had to re I had to factory reset all my bulbs. But this is insane. We're literally to hard reset and try to re uh, to relink your C by GE light bulbs. You have to turn them off. I think literally about 12 times in a very specific way for a certain number of seconds. And then in the middle of the video, it says if this didn't work, maybe try it again, or maybe you're running firmware 2.7 or earlier, in which case try these steps. And then it's basically the same thing, except some of them are flipped around. It is, Amazing and everybody like on the internet like had a field day of like th- this this is the worst thing ever. Uh, for a lot of smart home stuff, I actually don't think it's that extreme, and it was actually pretty well produced and well explained. But it's bananas.
1: That's what I was gonna say. It's a very well produced video.
0: Oh yeah, I assume you're watching it on silent. Hmm. Um. Uh, so, but you see the countdown clocks of every time. Yeah, it yeah, yeah.
1: Countdown. Yeah. No, I, 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 I kind of I, I picked up what they were saying you had to do and that that seems crazy
0: like any normal person supposed to know what two, a firmware 2.8 or later means
1: <laughs> which how do you I mean how do you even determine that
0: mm-hmm. i do like they either shop at cb2 or west elm they have their succulent they have their i, I think i have that same <laughs> waffle knit throw uh, throw for my uh for my couch uh that actually might be my couch no stump though I, that's that's why i am a hue household the people without stumps by c by g <laughs> it's the Phillips home um so yeah so smart home stuff i think they need to figure out this before uh regular people start putting their internet bulbs on the light bulb and exposing them to russia
1: yeah i i think that's that, that that's not going to be a thing that takes off anytime soon
0: yeah i <sighs> I I keep wondering about where does the Echo go from this? Because I feel like we've had um, two holiday gift-giving seasons where it's been, not like the it gift, but like it's been popular enough where if you were going to consider buying it for somebody, you already would have. Where I don't really know where it goes from here. Because even though I love my Echoes, still kind of limited or kind of... um, like MS-DOS command prompty. Ah,
1: oh, man, I disagree. I I love mine. I think they're fairly natural to speak to. And if they didn't add another feature to it over the next five years, I think I'd still be perfectly content where it is today
0: yeah i i I think that's mostly a t-word thing man but
1: um i mean maybe i obviously have a very like hyper specific setup but the things that i use it for
0: well so let me ask other than controlling uh lights and smart home stuff and uh setting timers and alarms what
1: else do you use it for i mean that that's it i mean the the bulb the bulbs and our whole logitech setup i mean that's that's all it needs to do and then the and then the the, the sono stuff actually has also become um a really nice benefit
0: but i i would push back on the um on the natural language thing because like for the like cuz i even fairly recently set up the the harmony elite or harmony hub whatever the hell it's called and the scenes programming is so insanely like regimented and you need to like i like the whenever you set up the the amazon skill integration thing it like creates like 50 different scenes inside of
1: your alexa app where a a lot of that's noise though i mean all you have to do is say hey lady in the can turn on the tv it does but i can't just
0: say hey lady in the can turn on the living room tv and uh for the
1: warriors game
0: like i think for uh, regular people they would think you could
1: yeah but you can you can set the whatever channel the warriors are on to be a favorite channel. So like, for example, if they're on ESPN, you could say, Hey, lady in can turn on ESPN and it'll go through the TV sequence and then it'll set it to ESPN.
0: Yeah. I mean, but what if you don't know what channel it's on?
1: Well, I'm sure like, I mean, and, like
0: I just think like a, a normal person would think like, so let's say I I have a TiVo, like I know normal people don't have TiVos, but if they are like, if they had um, like, cause you can, you can use the harmony hub to control your Apple TV. Like, I can't say, hey, or I can't say, wake word, uh, turn on the Apple TV and play uh, Last Week Tonight on HBO Now. Like, it has no ability to search or doing that kind of stuff. And I feel like a lot of people think, hey, if you can ask your TV to turn on, it's like, I, they don't think of the complexity of that second step. Like, you know that limit exists, so therefore you would never ask that. But I think most everyday users totally would.
1: I mean, we prefaced this whole conversation by saying that smart home stuff is not going to expand beyond its T-word circle, you know, circle. So <laughs> I I acknowledge hmm. that my setup is, is very nerdy and technical. So sure.
0: All right. And then the last thing we're going to talk about before chef specials
1: um, is...
0: Um, and this kind of goes back to Apple, and this is not necessarily a five-year thing, but I want us to get on the record uh, in advance of iOS 13, and as somebody who has, and somebody being you, who has bought one of the latest generation iPad Pros, where do you think the iPad fits in versus the Mac, and where to, how does that change um, in the near future?
1: Listening to this week's episode of the talk show with Jason Snell has changed my way of thinking about this stuff. I I buy into Gruber's theory that like this whole catalyst thing is kind of just like a temporary little bridging technology and that things like Swift UI is really where Apple's going. And I think if that ends up being true then the mac the iphone and the ipad continue to be fairly different platforms and i honestly think 5 years from now that like the the product split or like kind of the market share between those three products is probably kind of about the same
0: do you, do you think that ios 13 changes much for for the people who pretend who who work hard to pretend that getting work done on the ipad is possible do you think the changes they made have actually made that much of a difference? No. Do you think Apple ever finds a way to uh, enhance the discoverability of the multitasking features? Because right now, like you you can listen to even like heavy iPad opponents trying to explain the fact that like, yeah, figuring out how to make multitasking work is still insanely difficult if you want to use it in any way that makes sense to people like we're, you normally could just command tab or just move windows around
1: seems like something that that they'll continue to further refine that yeah yeah
0: um i i would say that it, uh, we we still will continue to live in kind of like this weird uh unhappy world where the mac isn't really much of a priority for apple um i think yeah like catalyst is is a stepping stone to try to um because even though I can criticize how much effort Apple has put into the, the Mac app store, um, I, I think a lot of it is not their fault that people aren't really making prestige Mac apps anymore. Cause one sandboxing makes it so that, uh, the most expensive and the most like, um, like institutional, app, like, or like stalwart apps have, have not made their way over there. Like, yes, they made some concessions to get BB edit and like transmit and some of the panic apps onto the app store, but like, I, uh, the, the Mac is not really um, a priority for people. And that, and that makes a lot of, Hmm. Oh. What? nothing. Uh sorry. I thought I, you, I thought you, uh, you laughed at the Mac not being a priority, which is a laugh worthy, <laughs> worthy line. Um, but yeah, like where it's just, it's not really a priority. And then you, that's what leads to all like these shitty electron apps where the catalyst project f- formerly Marzipan, uh, seems like a a decent stopgap measure, but I don't. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm still worried about Apple's seeming lack of um ability to prioritize both equally. Um, because even though iOS thirteen is still better in a lot of ways, um, it still seems like it just for a lot of uh, uses, it's just never gonna be what a lot of people need. And for a lot of people, the Mac is too much or is maybe too, um, too, um, too much of a legacy product. I don't know. Uh, how are you liking your iPad pro?
1: It's, it's nice. Is it Uh, used a lot
0: or is it still just a fairy, fairy reader? It's still mostly a fairy reader. No. Oh, that was the last thing. Um, you'd mentioned, uh, so you were incredulous when I suggested that with iOS 13 coming out, that uh that the um ipad pro could be a compelling um like mobile photo machine versus oh we gotta
1: we gotta we gotta table that we can't we that's like that that's a full big topic we can't get into that now yeah probably no that 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 deserves to be like almost an entire show in and of itself i don't think it is but yeah that's
0: fine we're running long um so do you have a chef special
1: i do I have, a, I have a really simple one this week. So I'll send you the Amazon link here in the notes. Um so one, one issue that I've had with um kind of like travel gear or travel kit, as you would say. And I know we also want to get into like backpacks and stuff, so let's let's table that too. Um but one of the main issues I've had is keeping cables organized. And I've tried like things like the wire cutter recommends where they, they have these whole like, um, like electronic, like caddies where you, ba- they basically just like, they're these little, it's
0: like the rubber band board
1: things. Yeah. And I just, mm. I've, I've tried those. I, I've tried the wire cutters pick even. And I, I just don't, I don't care for those. And I, I think they end up being kind of bulky and not very efficient. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of that method. Um, But when you put cables and things just like in your bag, even if you put it in like specific little like accessory pockets and stuff, you still end up with kind of a tangled mess frequently. And so these little, they're just called gear ties, are little like rubber twist ties. And they're they're really, really good. Um, They really hold whatever shape you put them in super well. They're really... Um, flexible in the sense that you can kind of use them with anything. Um, So super simple little thing, but they're, they're, they're great. And they're so much better than like using, you know, a traditional like twist tie or like a rubber band or something, or like the anchor products now come with little um, Velcro-y type things, but, to me like as good as anchor stuff is that those like things always fall off and don't work very well so i like these
0: a lot yeah that seems cool I, and i like the colors um yeah i don't know i i I've, don't you so how many cables are you carrying with you
1: like normally uh, well, like, well we should well, we should get into it but I'm i'm trying to i'm trying to carry less
0: well, cause like, cause we've talked about my, like my charger struggle,
1: like it, but like, well, and some... I just, I literally just bought the charger. You recommended it. It j- just arrived today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, one flaw in my plan, which I, which I found in Santa Barbara is that when, when you are using Lightroom and, um, you, the processors chugging away. Uh, because it's a 30 watt they only can output 30 watts at a time for a 60 watt laptop the battery will literally go down as it's charging mm. and depending on how much you're using lightroom eventually the battery will die <laughs> learn that the hard way it's still good but i just had a lot of photos to turn through uh but yeah no this this looks pretty cool um but yeah i don't know mine doesn't just really just have one packing cube or one like little pa- eagle creek packing pouch which just has like one thing it's, and i just wrap the cables around but this this is neater and tidier
1: yeah but i i i stink at doing like the whole thing where you wrap cables around themselves and stuff they always just end up being a mess Hmm. um
0: oh cool and they have a i will put a, a competing link in the thing where you can get uh 24 of them for 15 bucks oh all right uh, let me get mine. This is one I actually keep forgetting to recommend, or I might have actually recommended it already. Um oh, wow, it does not have good Amazon reviews. Oh yeah, it does. There we go. Uh this is a ten dollar, not a month. It's an, it's not an Apple product. Uh a ten dollar uh OXO Good Grip 3 in one avocado slicer. So for somebody who wants to make avocado toast at home, it allows you to cut open an avocado, remove the the pit the core whatever it's called and then to uh dice it up uh fancily and restaurant style um and it's all in one and you don't have to mess uh messy up three separate utensils and it's safe to use you can't cut yourself it's it's pretty great and it's dishwasher safe
1: i i've literally tried to put this on my wedding registry and was told i could not
0: because it wouldn't be a good use. Because it's only ten
1: dollars. Um, you'd be squandering somebody's gift. Be mostly because, um, single use or not single use, but um, this is a triple use. It's <laughs> literally the point. Well, and, it, and it's reusable, so that that's not what I mean. But uh, single like utility devices is is that the phrase I'm looking for? You know what I mean. That those uh, get kitchen, uh, kitchen things, yeah. Those get frowned upon in the house.
0: Because
1: uh, storage space, like I'll admit, storage space is is a bit of an issue. But this is here. small. Yeah, but when you keep telling yourself, eh, well, that thing's small, that thing's small," all of a sudden you're building multiple sheds.
0: Yeah, agreed. But as somebody who has a, like a 500 square foot apartment, I might be being generous. Yeah, you learn to live with less. Yeah. Um, and and I even have my own calzone press because you know, gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Really? Yeah. I, how else you making calzones? The Ben Ooh, Wyatt wow. way. I want to. I want to send me a link to whatever you use for
0: that. Uh, it's from Williams-Sonoma, so I don't know if it's. Which is probably their stuff is actually not that good. So I probably could have found a better one on the Sweet Home or something. Anyway, well, thank you everybody for listening to two hundred of these things, and because it's legally a requirement that you have to listen to all of them in order, so appreciate it. If you have any sponsor hookups? Let us know. <laughs> because right now, like you, you've all been just getting a um, special early adopter ad-free version of this, but actually, everybody else has been listening to four ads an episode. Oh, I listened to the thing, and I think you're actually right. Yeah, the the daily. Mm. It didn't feel like it. That might have been an anomaly. That, that does feel kind of greedy, but I'm well, so it's so
1: for me, it's been the last two days. So I, I'm keeping track of it.
0: Yeah, but I don't think you get to count the one after the, after the show's done. Cause that is so easy to skip. Yeah, that's true.